Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 46. I'm your host, Chris Ramirez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. We back, baby. That's right. A lot quicker than you thought, eh? I'm going to lie. A lot quicker than I thought, too, eh? There's no shot I was going to miss this, right? Like, you didn't think I was going to not talk about it, right? No shot. No shot. It's been a busy, it's been a busy, busy last 24 hours of Munchal Canadians in a, whether you want to call it a positive or negative way, right? However you feel about it, um, there's definitely been some moves around the organization and not around the players, which is where I think a lot of people thought that might happen. But no, the Munchal Canadians have made some changes, right? Mark Bergevin is out. Trevor Timmons is out. Right? Not here. Not here. No more. And Paul Wilson, right? In case you I'm I'm not gonna leave Paul Wilson out of this. I'm not gonna lie. Uh Vice President of Public Affairs and Communications. Didn't know much about him. Probably best that way, right? But he's not here anymore. Instead, right, we've had some changes. Jeff Gordon is coming in as the vice president of hockey operations. Let's start from the beginning here, okay? If you're living under a rock, you have no idea what's going on. A, first, welcome to the podcast. If you are brand new, welcome in. Thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out. If you're listening to this over on the YouTube, thank you for being here. Go ahead, hit the sub button, ring the bell. If you're listening to this on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you can get notified when new episodes go live. Get them downloaded straight to your device. All right. Thank you for doing so i know you are if you're returning hey i know the last episode was i mean went live saturday but we got to talk about this right we got to talk about who jeff who is jeff gordon how did he get here all right i listened to the jeff molson uh press conference because i i, I kind of wanted to get inside his head kind of see a little bit of what the thought process how did we get to this point how do we get to? Let's start from the beginning, right? Let's start with Scott Mellenby. Scott Mellenby, who was the assistant general manager, right, announced his resignation Saturday night, right? He said, hey, I'm not going to be. And we started to find out a little bit as to why, right? Like Scott Mellenby has been next to Mark Bergevin for a long, long time. So when Scott Mellenby is like, hey, I'm gone, I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall afterwards, right? Like you knew things were going to happen. And we started to find out why. So Scott Mellenby had left, right? He was in talks with Jeff Molson about maybe becoming the next general manager, right? And then there were talks about him maybe becoming vice president of hockey operations, right? And when Jeff Molson had advised him and said, hey, it's not going to happen, right? You're not the guy. You're not that guy, pal, okay? You're not that guy. Scott Mellenby decided, well, you know what? I'm not going to be here. And that's fine. Look, Scott Mellenby has been... Great of the organization, and I don't blame him for saying, "Hey, if I can't move up here, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna go somewhere else." And he probably knew that if he was interviewing for Mark Bergevin's job, that if he didn't get it, somebody else was gonna get it. Which means Bergevin wasn't gonna be around. Which means he maybe didn't want to be around either. So he decided to leave, and that's when we started to figure out that things may be different. When you start figuring out that your assistant is getting interviewed for your job and he's not getting it. I mean, apparently Mark Bergevin found out via Twitter, which is a shitty way to find out. But I mean, the Montreal Canadiens have had a shitty season. So it's only what it is, right? It's only what it is. And the rumors were, right, that Jeff Gordon was going to take over. 
not in a general manager way, in a hockey operations kind of way, which is kind of important. Remember, last time, if you listened to episode 45, A, thank you for doing so. Go ahead if you haven't already. But I talked about how my dad was talking about it. Shout out to my dad who, honestly, who listens to this, man. Uh, I appreciate you, dad. I love you. You was talking about how the Montreal Canadiens don't have a president of hockey operations. And other organizations have this, right? Which is something that Molson alluded to in his press conference. Teams have somebody between the general manager and the owner of the team, right? Think of Brendan Shanahan and his role that he plays with the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Kyle Dubas has somebody who he can talk about. And you could call the president of hockey operations, vice president, senior advisor, or consultant. You can call them whatever you want. There's somebody between the GM and the coach, which Mark Bergevin did not have. He was that guy. He did everything. And it was interesting in listening to Molson's press conference how after reflecting on it since hire, I mean, Bergevin had been there almost 10 years now. And he was dead set on two things, Jeff Molson. A, having a department to look over players' health outside of hockey. So taking an in-depth or creating a team to be able to help players with mental health and off-ice things that they need. And I think that is huge that Jeff Molson says, hey, we're going to dedicate a full-time team to helping players in their mental health because it's important, right? And we know that because of everything that's happened with Jonathan Drouin, everything that's happened with Carey Price. COVID has been tough for individuals, but I mean, we realize also for hockey players, they're not immune to this either. So it's really, it's encouraging to hear a team say, hey, we are going to take this seriously and we're going to put this on the forefront. We're going to have medical, you know, you have a medical team that looks over players and their injuries. Now you have an entire team looking after players and their mental health. And that, that is huge. So shout out to Molson for taking that second part of this as he talked about the need to have a tandem. So basically, instead of the, he alluded to it in his in his press conference that leaving Mark Bergevin to deal with all this in this market was a lot. And now, right, they're going to look for a GM. But that GM is going to be working with Gordon, right? And this is key. Listen to this, how this says. So he said it, right? In the end, the general manager is going to get the say on the roster and trades. He's got, right, those are his decisions to live with, right? Which means the next general manager isn't reporting to Jeff Gordon. They're working in conjunction. And this is something that Molson talked about wanting to have. Some support for his general manager, which I don't, which is true he did not have. Right for Bergevin, he didn't have any support for him, and maybe he feels like some of that is his fault as well. Right, taking a little bit of ownership and saying, "Hey, maybe we need to surround the next person with a little bit more, or at least somebody to bounce ideas off." Right, and again, Jeff Molson is the owner of the Montreal. Okay, this he's not a general manager. He's not a hockey ops guy. He knows hockey. But the day-to-days of things and trades and players, that's not his job. That's His job is to worry about the Montreal Canadiens brand, right? His job is to make sure the community involvement is there. He's going to continue and remain the owner of the Montreal Canadiens. He, he was very adamant about it. His role does not change. But he's going out now to get a guy who has a ton of experience, right? Jeff Gordon has done, he's been the director of scouting. He was in 
right in Boston, assistant general manager there. He took over as general manager on an interim basis, right? He was a scout as well for the Rangers. He was a director of player personnel with with, with the Rangers, became assistant general manager, was general manager all the way up until Chris Drury took over in May of last year. So that New York Rangers team that you see, you see that team? It's got Jeff Gordon's hand all over it. I mean, if, if I'm looking at it, that's not a bad thing, right? New York Rangers are a really good team. But Jeff Gordon's done a lot of great things in his career. He's done some things that haven't been great as well. But he is, overall, he has a wealth of experience. And I think that's going to be key here if the Montreal Canadiens are going to look for a general manager. Because this means you don't, like, Bursve had no experience as a GM. I mean, he lasted almost 10 years. That's pretty good. That's really, really good. So maybe the Montreal Canadiens go out and they hire another general manager with no experience. Personally, I don't want that. I want them to bring in somebody who has experience. I think that would be best. Jeff Molson was very adamant that the next general manager is going to speak English and in French. So unfortunately, he did not listen to the episode of the podcast. And the Montreal Canadiens continue to li- to limit their player pool. That's, th- that's all they're doing here. They're limiting the pool of candidates that they can choose from. But we're not going to get that change, right? Jeff Gordon's not going to talk very much to the media. And to be honest, probably shouldn't. It's not his job. He comes in here as the vice president of hockey operations. His job, right, is going to pick a GM. And then their job is to construct this team to be a winner, right? And basically what Jeff Molson has done now is he has put two heads in one seat. And he said it, look, this is a tough job. And one general manager by himself cannot handle it. So he's brought somebody in with a ton of experience around scouting and everything. So Jeff Gordon can help in a lot of different places, right? He can help in the scouting department. He can help in the assistant general manager part. He can be a reference for your general manager who will be hired at some point to bounce ideas off and quit. Like there's a lot of things that can happen on that point. And that is, that is good to have. But we're going to find out just like you've now created a monster. This is a two-headed beast, right? And again, my understanding is the general manager is going to get that 51%, which means what he says goes. So he's not reporting to Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon is there, but he's what? (laughs) What is he? He's not, again, he's not an advisor, right? He's not a senior consultant. He's the vice president of hockey operations. He makes sure that the day-to-day stuff happens. He is a point between general manager and Jeff Molson himself, owner. And it's going to be interesting to see how this works. Apparently, that, that you know, Gordon is on board with this. This is something that was important to him. And this is something that Jeff Molson, this was his priority. He needed, he, he changed the way the organization is structured to make sure that they have the support that they need. This a lot of the moves that he's done now is about supporting the players and the eventual staff that's going to be here. There's more support that's needed. So good on him for recognizing that. And it's kind of right in listening to his press conference, kind of wild that he had never met Jeff Gordon before 10 days ago or even knew about it. Like I'm sure he knew that this man existed. Maybe but 10 days ago, he had no, you know, there was no communication with him. 10 days later, he's now vice, pres- vice president of hockey operations. It's kind of wild how things move in the NHL, right? Which means in the last 10 days, 
Jeff Molson looked up and said, hey, now we're going to move. Now we're going to do something. And Jeff Gordon's, again, a man with a wealth of experience who's going to be able to help the Montreal Canadiens. I'm on board with it. I am. They're going to have to find a general manager. And again, I'd like them to find... There, there's all ty- kinds of names going out, right? I hear Danny Briere. I hear Matthew Darsh. Patrick Watt. You, you, all the French-speaking former players, right? Like, you hear them, right? I don't... I'm not going to sit here and speculate who I want to be there. They, they can choose whoever they want. doesn't matter. Choose somebody who's going to win. I'd prefer them to choose. And Molson talked a lot about diversity, right? Kind of funny. We want to diversify, you know, the organization, but we remain dead set on hiring a candidate who can speak French. Again, we've talked about it. Not going to bore you with it. Listen to episode 45. But I'm interested to see, again, how this works. Because now, technically, you got a third person, right? Like, Jeff Molson's going to be, he's got to sign the check. At the end of the day, I'm probably going to run it by my owner at some point. Be like, hey, we're going to do this. And we need uh, you to be okay with that, with signing it, right? Like, and the next general manager's coming in is going to inherit what heck of a problem, right? Like we, like a lot of people said, oh, Mark Bergevay, you know, inherited a problem. Sure. And he's done a lot of good things, right? He's gone out. He's gotten players who, you know, he's got draft picks and stuff like that. He's built a team. But the reality is the Montreal Canadiens have the highest cap hit today in the NHL. At just shy of $92 million. Okay. You have a bunch of players. You got players who you got to re-sign at some point soon. Okay. You got pending UFAs and Ben Sherratt, Brett Kulak, and Chris Weidman. You got the whole issue with Shea Weber. You got the whole issue with Car- like, and, and this was brought up in the press conference where they talked about a rebuild, right? Because you always heard Mark Bergevin never talked about rebuild. We've talked about retooling. And Molson was quick to say, hey, Whatever these two gentlemen decide, so Gorn and future GM, that's what they're going to do. So that leaves a lot of openness as to how the Montreal Canadiens proceed in the future. They may decide to take this and blow it all up and say, hey, we're going to rebuild, which Jeff Gorton did. Remember when he? Remember when the Rangers put out a memo to the fans saying, hey, it's going to hurt? We're going to trade some of your favorite players and you're not going to like it? But we're going to rebuild, and that's just how it's going to go. And now look at them. Nobody's crying. So maybe we see at some point the same type of memo. The Montreal can say, hey, we're just going to blow this up. Get ready. It's going to suck. Put your hat on. Strap in. It's going to be a bumpy road here. You, we may see that. And to be honest, a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans wouldn't cry too much. You haven't won anything in a long time. Maybe we'll do it this way. Maybe that means trading some players away and, you know, having to retain some money. You think about players like Carey Price. He's 34. Does he go somewhere else, chase the Stanley Cup? Who knows? I'd like to see a GM sooner rather than later, of course. A, trade deadline. I, I want somebody in that spot before. I mean, you could, let, you could let Gordon take that role if you want, but I'd like to, you know, get that figured out early. Same thing with the draft, right? Drafts coming up. GMs kind of want to be there. Assess. You want your general managers coming in to assess the talent you got in front and then start making moves, right? Start getting rid of those pending UFAs. This season is done. Don't The, the Montreal Canadiens are not coming back here, right? If you're outside of a playoff 
spot at U.S. Thanksgiving, I mean, the odds of you missing the playoffs are just almost guaranteed, right? Almost. So the Montreal Canadiens would need to go on a stupid run in order to maybe squeak it. It's not going to happen. I'm not looking forward to it. I want this team to continue to suck. I want them to lose. Finish at the bottom. Let's go get a good draft pick, right? Because they can defer that pick, by the way. They don't have a first-round pick. That pick, right, is gone. That pick is in the hands of the Arizona Coyotes. But if it's a first-round pick, right, or sorry, top 10 pick, then what's going to happen is Montreal is going to defer next year's pick to Arizona. Now, that's not better if we do a rebuild, right? Because that means that Arizona is going to get a top pick, and I don't like that. I don't like that we're moving our first-round picks around for no reason. But, hey, Christian Dvorak better start earning his money. If you suck this year, get a top-10 pick, defer your pick next year, and that pick might be even better. We saw what happened with the uh, San Jose Sharks where Ottawa had two picks in the top five. One of them could have been the first overall pick. Like, you don't want to get yourself into that situation. And Montreal might suck for a little bit now, right? Growing pains may happen. So... Like, we got to figure out what's going on. And whoever's coming in, like I said, the earlier he gets here, the earlier he can start doing his work. And we can see how this tandem's going to work, right? How does this two-headed monster work? Which is technically three because, again, I'm sure Molson's not going to get in the way of a lot of things, right? He's not going to sit there and say, oh, I don't agree with that. That's He's not that kind of owner. His, he wants to see the team succeed, but it's the responsibility of the people who are there to figure out how that works, right? He gives you he he buys the ingredients for you to make the pie. But he's not a baker. He's got no recipe, he has no idea. Like he he knows there's an oven involved, but he doesn't know how hot it's got to be. Like he don't know. That's not his role. And that's fine. Don't be that guy. Sign the checks, continue to do what you do as owner. Let the people who you pay to come in and figure that out, figure it out. And then we got to figure out what are we going to do with Dominic Ducharme, right? Molson came out and said, as of today, he's here, right? And he expects him to be here. But let's be honest. You're a general manager coming in. You're bringing your guy. So maybe Dominic Ducharme gets let go. And that's another conversation they have in the offseason. Say, hey, you want to uh, eat a little bit of more money here, Jeff? Yeah? Are we, are we okay with that, Mr. Molson? Can you pay for a little bit more? It's going to hurt, but... It's going to hurt for everybody. <laughs> Maybe they say yes. Maybe he says fine, and then they bring in another coach, and then he went through a whole year of what? Garbage. He went through a whole year of garbage. Which, again, it is what it is. But, again, I thought it was very interesting how all of this goes through, and I thought it was very interesting that this was the, I mean, in, in Molson's press conference, it was always the conversation about having to having two people helped that the job of GM in Montreal was a lot for one person to handle. And again, I think it's good support, which probably Mark Bergevin could have maybe used at some point. Mark Bergevin didn't do a bad job, right? There are lots of trades that he made that worked out well, right? There were, there were lots, but we know that he had no intention of getting a puck moving defenseman. The Montreal Canadiens still don't have one, right? He was very much okay with going out to get, you know, players like 
again, again, nothing wrong then. Joel Edmondson, right? Shea Weber, his type of player. Shea Weber's his type of guy. He preferred him over P.K. Subban, the puck-moving defenseman. That trade ended up working out for Montreal. I, I wouldn't say it didn't. I was one person who didn't like that trade at all. Hindsight being perfect 2020, I was wrong. Shocker to absolutely nobody. There's a lot of things that he did well. The Montreal Canadiens are a bigger team now, right? They're a bigger franchise. That They're a big team. They're not a small team like we think they are. That's Mark Bergevin building a team to be big. Big but quick. Oxymoron sometimes, but he did it. But he built the blue line the same way he played hockey, which is slow. The Montreal Canadiens' blue line is slow. It's not good. It doesn't move the puck. These contract. There's a reason why the Cole Alzners didn't work. There's a reason why the David Savard contract is not going to work. Those are two big misses. I'm, I'm, I'm calling David Savard a miss today. That's it. It, it is what it is. It, it's a miss. It's going to end poorly. It is. Ben Sherratt looks terrible most nights. He's slow. He doesn't move. The Montreal Canadiens were bailed out by having Shea Weber be, you know, what he was. But Shea Weber doesn't move the puck up. That's not their role. They're shutdown defensemen. That is what they, you know, that is what it is. Jeff Petrie looks completely lost. Some say he's hurt. Maybe he is. Maybe he needs some time. Say, hey, man, let's deal with this. Because you, I mean, you can't have Jeff Petrie making $6.25 million here for another three seasons after this season, putting up two assists in 23 games. It's it's not acceptable, Jeff. Not acceptable. Something's got to change. He's a 40-point defenseman in the NHL. It's kind of where his home is, right? Around the 10-goal mark is what we expect from him. He's not doing it right now. He's not. He is a much better defenseman than what he is showing right now, and something needs to change. So, again, I like this move. I like that there's a, a, a somebody to help out. A man with a ton of experience in multiple departments to help balance out a general manager. And now, like I said, we just got to see how this is going to work. How do we, like when they start to butt heads, you know, how is this going to work? Like it's all nice on the outside looking in, right? It's all nice, or at, at least Jeff Molson wants to paint it nice. But what's going to happen when there's a philosophical difference at some point? And it's going to happen. People are going to grow into it, Right? Are you still going to be the vice president of hockey operations, sit there and side with a GM that you don't like? What are you going to do, fire him? I mean, he has that authority, technically, I think. Even if he doesn't report to him directly. That's kind of the part that's a little bit like they're working together. And I understand that. But that is a that's difficult, man. That's going to be difficult at times. Let's not sugarcoat it. It's going to be difficult. But this is the way Jeff Molson wants it to. And again, he said it. He's learned things, which is fine. He's learned how he wants his organization to work. He's probably had conversations with other owners, other good, you know, smart people who said, hey, maybe this works. And again, you can call them. And he mentioned his press conference, right? You have a lot of different ways of how you name the, you know, people who come in and support general managers. Sometimes you see former greats have a, you know, an advisory role on a team. They just advise. That's there. They're there to bounce ideas off. 
And Jeff Gordon can be that guy that you can bounce ideas off until you figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't. And that's important to bring in a guy who's got, I mean, what, almost 30 years of hockey experience? I'm okay with that. I'm very okay with that. I'm good with bringing in a guy like that who can help you who's done a lot of different things. That's a good day. That's a smart hire by a very smart man. Jeff Molson is a smart man. He's not dumb. Like I said, he he did his research. That's what he said. And then he found Jeff Gordon and talked to his people. And boom, all of a sudden he's on a flight to New York. He's saying, hey, how does this, you know, how does it sound? And he was adamant to say that this was a long-term contract. He's not coming in here for, you know, two, three years. I, I have an expect. I think he's going to be here five plus, or at least his contract will. So we'll see how that goes. Might be longer, but I'm assuming it's probably in the five, maybe six-year range. Like, he's, he's, he's going to need some time to be able to work with, like I said, whoever's going to be general manager of this team and kind of revamp this roster. I don't think it's going to look the, the way it looks today in two seasons. Forget five or six. I have My expectation is this roster is going to be turned over as often as possible so they, a, they, they can get pieces. In my mind, the rebuild is going to happen. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when. We've gotten there now. We've been on this retooling route for too long. Blow it up. And Jeff Gordon has done it before, and he's been successful. So when you're successful at one thing one time, you have a tendency to want to do it a second time. And he knows how to get it done. And yes, he talked about how important it is for, you know, the people coming in, in to understand the markets and whatnot. Like Montreal is a cutthroat market. But he's coming in here to turn like if it sucks for a little bit, it sucks for a little bit. But you turn those teams into winners. Same way the Toronto Maple Leafs are now a really good hockey team. It sucked for a little bit, and now they don't suck. Right? The Edmonton Oilers got lucky. Right? But there are lots of teams. The Chicago Blackhawks were a team like that as well. Sucked for a little bit. Good draft picks. Became a good team. And again, the New York Rangers, another one of those teams that has Jeff Gordon's fingerprints all over it. So why wouldn't you as Jeff Molson want to go out and get a guy who's, you know, shown that he can do a whole bunch of things, who has held multiple positions, who has been successful at doing a lot of those things? No question you'd want to go and get a guy with a ton of experience. He has that now. Now it's that man's job to find somebody to manage the ship with him. Right, at the end of the day, like Molson said, the the general manager is responsible. It, it falls on him when things don't work out. Right, like he didn't put Gordon in there and said, "Hey, he's going to be the one, you know, okaying trade." No, this your general manager is coming in. This is your team. You figure it out. And I'm excited to see who that person's going to be. I am. I want it to be somebody with experience. I have a feeling it's not going to be it. I really don't. I wish it was. You can have two men with a bunch of experience and may butt heads, but you don't want a guy with no experience or very little of it. Like, yeah, he's going to bounce ideas off somebody else, but you want those decisions to be his. You want him to man that ship, take control of it, decide, make the tough calls. And I understand how if you bring in somebody who's got like 10, 15 years of general manager experience, which, by the way, he may not even be available today, right? 
the team may decide and say, hey, we're going to wait until the offseason when more position, when more candidates open up, right? One man's trash is another man's treasure. That may be a case. Same thing with coaching. I don't think Dominic Ducharme goes anywhere during the season. Why would he? Chalk it up as a loss. Go out there and do whatever you need to do. Tack on a full year of coaching experience onto your resume if you want. Not a very good year, but, I mean, it is what it is, right? I think he's gone. I I, I think Dominic Ducharme doesn't survive that. There's no way a new GM is going to come in and not bring in a guy that he feels confident about. And to be honest, Dominic Ducharme hasn't really proven that he's good at anything. Right? He stumbled upwards, and now he's really reeling down the stairs here. He's really falling off. Right? So to me, I think he's gone. And, and, and that's fine. And I think a lot of players on this team that we've come to love over years, you know, might be out of here. And the days ahead for the Montreal Canadiens are not going to be very nice. They're, they're not going to be unicorns and butterflies. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. And a lot of fans should be okay at that as well. First things first, get the GM into position. Do it sooner rather than later. If you know who you are, I'm sure Gordon's got an idea, right? I'm, I'm sure when you're talking about, you know, hey, becoming, you know, vice president of hockey operations, you already got somebody in the back of mind. I'm sure Molson said, hey, he's got to speak French, by the way. And Jeff said, all right, I probably know a couple guys here and there. He's going to interview other people as well. He's going to go do his due diligence. And then, you know, he's going to interview who he, But I'm sure he's already got people in the back of his mind saying, hey, you know what? This might not be a bad idea right here. What about this idea? And he's probably going to bounce a couple of those ideas off Jeff Molson as well. I don't know. Who do you think, Jeff? You got to pay him. You want to say? <laughs> Let me know. And again, I know that we talk about it. That, you know, a French-speaking general manager is just something that the Montreal Canadiens are just dead set on doing. And again, I wish it was a wider pool of candidates. I, I really do, because I think you've gone to that point now. You can say, hey, let's let's find it, right? It has nothing to do with tradition, man. I had one comment in the last video saying, oh, man, ever like once you start, you know, the tradition and stuff, the team start the team doesn't suck because of tradition, right? A, that individual obviously didn't listen to the episode 44 of the Slapshot podcast. But you should go ahead and do so as well. Because that's what we talked about, you know, the Premier of Quebec talking about why did Montreal Canadiens not have enough French-speaking players on the team. And we went through that, right? We did. That was a whole other conversation. You want to attract talent to the team? Fine. A, you got to have French-speaking players to draft. But B... For the Montreal Canadiens, I guess the, the the identity is you want this team to be good, regardless of where those players come from. And Gordon's got his he's he's got his hands full. As Molson said, this is a this is a tough market to be in. He knows that. Gordon knows that. Whoever's coming in as general manager knows that as well. This is a tough market, so be ready, because some days it's going to suck. <laughs> it's going to be the worst job you've ever had. On other days, you're living a dream, but for some days, it's going to suck. Right, and it's fine because don't forget. I mean, the Rangers are a historic franchise as well. Original six team, they also expect greatness. Gordon's been there; he's lived that. I think that was important as well to Molson, bringing in a guy who's had to be in a tough market to survive. That's a, that's an important thing to do. There's a lot of boxes that Gordon ticks off. So I I I like this hiring. 
Molson went out to get the best possible guy for the job. And he didn't wait. I've, I think he knew right away. And he said, hey, this is it. Let's go. Which is, I think, why Scott Mellenby didn't get it. I mean, why would you hire the assistant? I don't know why sometimes hiring the assistant. Usually assistants to, you know, assistant GMs, even assistant coaches, they share sometimes similar philosophies. They have to. That's how they get there. Right? If I'm a head coach and I hire an assistant coach, I'm not hiring a guy with a completely different philosophy. Why would I do that? I want guys who think a little bit like me. The same way Dominic Ducharme does as, you know, Claude Julien did. You didn't really upgrade. You just hired a different version of him. That's it. Which is why I think the Montreal case should go outside the organization for the general manager. Go and get somebody completely different. Somebody who fits your bill, which is obviously why at some point Ducharme gets fired because he's not going to fit the bill. It is what it is. But up until this point now, the last 24 hours of Montreal Canadiens have been hectic to say the least, right? You're you're in the media for all the wrong news, right? Molson said he read all the stuff, right? When Mellonby left and Gorant was hired. Whether he did or not, neither here nor there. But maybe he did. And maybe this is what led him to make these decisions. Like he said, it's a tough decision. It is. It's a really tough decision. And again, shout out to him for wanting to Increase the medical staff and the team to help support players off the ice, right? And I think I think he realized how important that was. Because, I mean, do the Montreal Canadiens win the Stanley Cup if Jonathan Droyan's in the lineup? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they don't even beat Toronto. Who knows, right? Maybe we don't see, you know, Corey Perry emerge the way he did or Eric Stahl do what he did, Right? We don't know. Maybe we don't see, you know, Cole Caulfield in the lineup. I don't know. I'd like to say that, yes, it makes the team better, but we don't know. But having him available probably would have helped, right? And you couldn't have him there because of stuff that he had to deal with. And the same thing for Carey Price. You think the Montreal Canadiens are in this position with him in the lineup? No. Maybe they struggle. But maybe the team would have been just good enough that you know, Mark Bergevin sticks around here and Jeff Molson sits a little longer and Mark Bergevin gets a contract extension. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. And I think the realization, and like he said, this is a tough market for general managers having to make decisions and for players. I think he realized that. And COVID probably helped him realize that and wanting to invest in making sure that his players outside of the rink are taken care of mentally that's a huge W, huge win. I think that's important for players. I think it's important for players who are not even on the team, players in other organizations, future Habs players. Hey, we're going to take care of you on the ice. We're going to take care of you off the ice as well. You need something. I want to make sure the resources are available to you full time. Not none, none of those resources coming from the NHL because we know that's garbage. But a team saying, hey, we've had this affect us directly, it's probably cost us some points in some games. We're not going to let it happen twice. We're going to take care of our own. And we're doing it as of today. So I think that's it. I think, again, Molson went out and decided to surround his team with more support. The players and the management. He's going to get support. 
This team needs a little bit of support. Everybody needs it. So he's going out and getting the resources that are needed so this team can perform, right? If they needed an extra trainer or medical staff, they would go out and get it. Whatever you need to support your players, right? Well, now he's going to take care of them off the ice, right? That's important. And he said, right, that he didn't name why Bergevin left. I'm sure there's a multitude of reasons, right? Multitude. And those reasons, neither here nor there, we can speculate forever as, as to what they are. But I think all the moves that he made today prove that, A, he's an owner who cares about his team. That's that's true. You can't say Jeff doesn't care about his team. B, he cares about the fans, right? He said it. This start, unacceptable. He's not just sitting there counting his dollar bills, right? Jeff Molson's got a lot of money. He's a billionaire. He isn't, right? Money's not an issue. He wants this team to succeed. He knows that in Montreal, winning is not something you just, oh, it didn't happen. No, you're expected to win. You're expected to compete. And the reason he made this change is because the team didn't get out of the early season funk that they were in, and he wasn't going to tolerate it anymore. He said, no, no, I don't accept that. He could have easily let this ride out all season. He said, no. Whether he believes or not that the team can come back and salvage the season, neither here nor there. But winning in Montreal is important. The team hasn't done it very often. I mean, they've gotten to the Stanley Cup Finals, what, once now? That's pretty good. (laughs) For the Arizona Coyotes, maybe. Not, I mean, not for the Montreal Canadiens. Look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Look at the pressure. And the disappointment when they keep getting eliminated in the first round. You can't do that, right? Making the playoffs is not a success in Toronto and in Montreal and all those other great markets. It's not. You're expected to go deep in the playoffs and compete. And the Montreal Canadiens are nowhere near that. And that's unacceptable for him. And I applaud him for that. And, right, he he cares, right? He cares about fans. He cares about the players, too. Which is to say something, because we know that NHL owners, man, it's a business. We know that. And we know there are some shitty owners around the league, right? We know that. There are some trash can owners who don't deserve to have an NHL team and are not very good people, right? Jeff Molson, at least to me, not one of them. He cares about his players. He said, hey, I care about you. I want to make sure that you have the resources necessary so we can make sure your head is okay. Because like he said, Montreal is a difficult market, right? He probably knows that. And he's probably had different conversations, maybe with these players. And they've probably told him things that we'll never know. I'm sure of it because, again, he went out to do all this, right? I'm, I'm not talking about the firing a general manager. He's gone out to, he's going to go out and get resources to help players off the ice. He's probably heard some stuff and said, hey, man, our players need a lot more. He's gone out. He's gotten what he needed. I applaud him for that. Good for him. He's trying to make this team better. And that is something you cannot fault him on. And I can, I want an owner who's going to say, hey, we're going to do this. Right? At the end of the day, I mean, he you know, he hired Bergevin. So he fires him. He says, hey, that's that's his call. And now he's going out to get people and saying, hey, now it's your turn. Don't let me down. It's been a tough year for the Montreal Canadiens, man. It's been a tough year. But some and and look again, it, it might get tougher. <laughs> it, it might not get easier, right? 
when the thunderstorms and the clouds go away, the sun's going to come out and everything's going to be better. It's just going to be a little bit tough right now, Habs fans. We just got to buckle down, get ready for the roller coaster. It's not going to be fun. But hopefully we get a result like, you know, the Rangers have here in a competitive team with high aspirations, expectations to be great every year. That's what I want to see. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is today's episode. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, thank you so much. Still listening on YouTube, go ahead, hit the sub button, ring the bell. Thank you very much. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. It's on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts. Go ahead, subscribe there. Thank you very much. Drop a like, drop a rating, five stars, man. Let's go. Thank you so much. I, I Like I said, I couldn't pass up the opportunity here to talk about this, right? Couldn't do that. No way, man. Bonus episode. We'll see if we get one out on a Friday. Um, I mean, if nothing else happens between then and, you know, between now and then, then maybe we just get an episode next week. Kind of go from there. Go back to our original scheduling. Who knows? Maybe by the time by the time we hit Friday, Montreal's already named a general manager. We can talk about that as well. Who knows how it happens, but I appreciate you all being here. Thank you for listening. If you know anybody who enjoyed the podcast, go ahead, share it with a friend. All right, get them to subscribe, get them to sub. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. We'll talk again soon.